What's up, strongest men, women, and children from blocks all around the world? I am my block strongest man, and tonight I have a very special guest for you, founder of Garage Gym Life Media, John Greaves III. Ciao, homie. Welcome back to My Block Strongest Man, where we bring strong men into the mainstream by discussing all of the latest strong man events in the greatest analytic detail that you'll find anywhere on YouTube. Remember to follow me on Spotify or Anchor so you can get notifications of all of the great interviews and analysis of competition prep that I bring to you at least four times weekly on this podcast. Share these episodes across all of your social media, and of course, follow me on Instagram at MyBlockStrongest, and on Twitter, and on my flagship YouTube channel, MyBlockStrongestMan, where you can get full video versions of everything you hear on this podcast. If you'd like to support the podcast, click that support button and support us in any way you can. It's greatly appreciated and helps us keep bringing you this high quality content. Now on to today's topic. So I wanted to ask you, if, I mean, if, if you want to talk about it, have you ever had any serious injuries? I think people would benefit from hearing kind of an overcoming story of an injury if you have one. I can tell you a stupid one too, yeah. Uh, I can tell you overcoming and stupidity in the same story. <laughs> Um, so I was, uh, the most I've ever bench pressed is 350 pounds. And that really bothered me because I wanted to bench 405. And I was like, man, at this point though, I just settled for 352, 355, <laughs> something. Right. So I did a competition. I did well at it. And I said, all right, now I, I just, uh, I think I had just deadlifted 500 pounds for the first time and I, I benched 350 and I deadlifted 500 and I said, all right, well, let me sign up for another competition. I'll just go bench only and see if I can. This was a WUAP meet. I said, bench only. I never competed in this federation, but I don't care. The point is it's local and it's close. And all I care about is benching 355. So I went in there with a game plan. Like, all right, opener was going to be 330, 345, 352, I think is what I was going to get. Go for Well, so I'm training for it. Um and I, on the last, on the last, I, I was starting to have pains in my shoulder, right? It's my right shoulder. So I have pains in my right shoulder, the twinges, the aches, but I was like, man, I'll be okay. This is my last training session. So on the last rep of the last set of the last training session before my deload, I go down to do a, a dead, a pin press, dead pin press. And I hear pop, 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 pop. Uh-oh. I screamed. And my kids, my sons ran downstairs and picked the bar up off of me. So uh, 2021, John would have said, okay, we need to go to the doctor. We need to find out what's wrong. 2015, John said, well, I'm starting my deload week anyway. So I'll just rest <laughs> and I should be fine by the meat. All right. Yeah. Okay. We'll foam roll. Yeah, okay. So anyway, we get there and on my opener, pop, 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 pop. Oh, scream. Oh. Take it, take it, take it. Right. So that was partial stupidity. Well, it gets better. So um, I go to, you know, my son was actually competed in that event as well. And he did well. He uh, was only 18. So um, he qualified for nationals in their federation. I'm like, literally, we just got to this federation, but he qualified for nationals. He actually right. just came along with me because it's just going to be fun. He yeah. and one of his friends, they could be, bam, they qualify for nationals. I'm, oh, well, cool. So I'm there. Um, going through the entire, I'm sick to my stomach because of the pain. 
and I didn't even have like a sling or anything. So I had my hoodie. I put my hoodie on and I put my arm through the pocket of my hoodie. And I just there. Right. We get done and he drives us back and I call my wife. I said, I need to go to the ER. And she's like, she knows normally I'm just like, I was in the Marine Corps. We had to think of vitamin yeah. M, take some Motrin and you're good. Vitamin M, right? I said, but no, I said, I need to go to the ER. And I need to go. I said, we come to the hospital and drop James off and I need you to take me to the ER. She said, this is mad. So she, we, I have a picture of me sitting down with an arm in a sling at the ER. I ended up going to the follow-ups and everything else. It turned out I had strained my pec minor and I, I thought I had torn my rotator cuff, but I, I strained my pec minor. So good. All right. So I started the rehab for that. While in the middle of that, I had a calcium deposit on my leg from because from, uh, martial arts, so from right. kicking, right? And I just, I had a calcium deposit on my leg. But it's this huge knot. It was literally this. So if, if this is my leg, the knot came up this high off my leg. Oof. Just this growth, right? And so we used to joke that one of my kids' toys was stuck in there. And that's why I was so big, right? We called it Fred. We called my knot Fred, right? So while I'm at the doctor, at the um, specialist, and I'm like, you know, hey, you're checking this out. I said, but while we're here anyway, you happen to know what this lump is on my leg? They immediately were concerned that it was cancer. So I spent part of the ne- part of that year concerned about whether I had cancer. And so I had to go through all of the things where I didn't have to go through chemotherapy, but they just they said, we're going to take this lump out of your leg. So they scheduled me for surgery, took the lump out of my leg. This is my first time. I had my wisdom teeth out, but they didn't knock me out for it. This is my first time ever knocked out for surgery. Right. And so I told my wife, I mean, I literally went through the whole thing telling my wife, hey, I love you. And um, so, you know, all the things you say. And she's crying. She's like, you better not die on me. If you do, I'm going to wake you up and murder you. I said, oh, she's Puerto Rican. All right. So <laughs> I was like, OK, I believe you. <laughs> I'll do the best I can. Anyway, um, but I'll start in my heart. I was like, you know, I haven't achieved all of my goals. I'm big on setting goals and achieving them. Even if I don't share them with people, I still I have a lot. I have goals right now that I'm working towards. And I'm in the hospital and I'm just like, is it over? Because I, I get out of the surgery. It's a outpatient deal. So I was able to come home. I mean, I can't even walk, you know? So I did the logical thing and I signed up for a powerlifting meet in nine days after I got out the hospital. <laughs> so <laughs> I remember I can't walk. I got my leg, I got this stuff on my leg. And I said, well, nine days should be enough time for me to be able to squat. I may not be able to squat a lot, but I'll be able to do the squatting movement. So I ended up squatting like I think 300 pounds. I squatted 303. It was a USAPL meet for charity. So I was able to squat and uh, bench and deadlift. So I did the meet. It doesn't matter. But the point is nine days after getting out of the hospital for surgery, what I thought might be cancer, I did a powerlifting meet just to see if I could still compete at all. Wow. Uh, So there you go. Smart. uh, I'm sorry. Inspiring and stupidity in one story. That's crazy, (laughs) man. It's funny, like, uh, you just reminded me what happened to me a couple of years ago. So I had actually, I was trying to redo my backyard, basically level it. It's a big hill. So I was trying to make it more friendly for my children, put up a swing set and stuff. And so me and another guy, a friend, we did it by hand because, you know, that's the way I'm wired. Like, I don't get power tools and, you know, dig roots out of the ground. I do it by hand because that's just... yeah, like I, I was from the earth. Yeah, like <laughs> I, I was an only child too growing up. And like yeah. I had to find creative ways to have fun. And I had my little bench and did my little bench press. But like fun things for me was like I would grab my dad's keys, put the car in neutral, and push it up and down the driveway. And like 
you know, that kind of, it sticks with you. Like I've never competed in strong, man, but the love is there because it sticks with you for all those years. Right. So I'm doing all this work in the backyard by hand. And then I notice, like maybe a month later, I have, like you say, a growth. I had a growth on my ankle. Mine turned out to be cancer. So, uh, wow, wow. Yeah, yeah. It, it That's was, so uh, scary, man. Yeah, it's actually a really rare form. They call it Kaposi sarcoma. And apparently, men of Mediterranean descent are more prone to it, but it's still ultra rare. There's only a handful of specialists in the country, and one of them's in Manhattan. So I happen to find oh, him. That's good. That's good. And, yeah. Um, yeah, no chemo or anything. Basically, I have to go every six months, and if I have a new growth, they freeze it off with liquid nitrogen. So, uh, okay, okay. but yeah, but you gotta, as you say, you gotta get checked out and get treated, and because you never know what it is, you know. Man, you never know that. So they they took Fred off of me, and they said, you know, turn out they say, hey, yeah, you're good, you're cancer free. Um, I said, oh, thank God, because I I was, I mean, I didn't know, man, what was gonna happen. Uh, it's yeah. just one of those things. You just like, well, how's my life going to change? Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm like that, too. I'm tough, but when it's inside your body, you you can't do anything about it, you know? Yeah, I mean, like, what am I supposed to do? You know, <laughs> you know, pre-workout only does so much, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so kind of we touched upon this a little bit, but how did you uh, make the transition from athlete into media? I think that's an interesting story. Well, so I think I mentioned that I was going to be a reporter when I was in um, – college when I was trained to be a reporter in college and so the training was still there while I was in Iraq um, I was working I was in the reserves and we got activated so I was in Marine Corps reserves got activated so I was working at a fortune 500 company it was an insurance company and I'm in Iraq and I remember um, we were firing this is actually how I one of the ways we earned our combat action ribbon so we're firing to support a unit uh, that was pinned down while we were firing to support them, we assume I assume that the people who shot at us weren't even related to that. If you know, like they weren't shooting whatever. Instead, they fired at us because it was just they knew where we were. Because kind of like the way artillery works is you shoot this cannon. Not only is it noisy, but they can pick it up on radar and they can track the round where it came from. And mm-hmm. so they can just because they can track it on radar, you can shoot at where it came from. So that's what would happen. You shoot and okay. they say, "Oh, excellent! We know where you are now, so we're gonna shoot at you too." So a rocket came over our head and hit the wall, um, not far enough away to be comfortable. It was way too close, right? Mm-hmm. Hit the wall, knocked a big hole in the wall. And when it's all said and done, I mean, we kept firing and all that. And I mean, it's just a lot of chaos because then another uh, artillery unit, another artillery piece turned and fired back at that person, at the, that those individuals that have just fired at us. So we're shooting this way. They shot at us this way. And somebody else said, oh, cool. And they started shooting that way at them. So all this stuff is happening at once, right? And uh, after all the dust settled, I was like, you know, I would rather do this for a hundred, you know, a million times over and get shot at a million times than be sitting in that insurance company cubicle staring out the window while somebody cusses me out for an accident I wasn't even in. I need to do something different. And I started writing in Iraq. Uh, I, it was a novel. Uh, so I've written two short stories but um, and, and published two short stories. But um, the point is I started writing. And so I wanted to continue writing. And they said, well, I, I, that's when I got into freelancing. It, it led to me writing for Power Magazine, um, which I'm eternally grateful to uh, Really, not not so much Mark. Well, Mark Bell because he created the magazine, but more his wife Andy Greaves Bell, who gave me a chance. She was she was the editor, and um, 
and you know the staff there and uh so i started i got into it okay and then i was like well if you're gonna continue writing you, you really if you're gonna be good at it you need to write all the time it's best mm -hmm. if you write every day because you have to treat it like a job and i said well what am i gonna write about and so i was like well, let me just create a blog and then i can write about whatever i know and what i know the most about at the time i've been training from a home gym for like 15 12 yeah 15 years mm -hmm. i said well i know about working out at home so i started writing about that and it initially started out as me just writing random stuff that occurred to me, but then that forced me to kind of take a look at what was and what was not available out there. And like I said, there are tons of places that were doing well, not at the time, there weren't tons of places doing reviews, but Garage Gym Reviews was up and running. John Burgesson at GarageGyms.com was up and running. And so there were review sites. There really wasn't anybody who was coming at it from the point of view of telling the stories of the athletes who train at home, uh, because at the time, we were being fed the lie that if you want to be successful in any competitive endeavor in sports, you have to join a gym. People would just say it and say, yeah, you really need to join a gym because you need to have that team around you to push you and help you with your training and whatever. Right. And I never, I refused to believe it um, to the, and so I said, well, let me start looking at people who are doing it successfully and telling their story so we can do the counter narrative. And also at the time, most of the training information was geared towards people in public gyms, with the exception of maybe the home gym handbook that was created by Steve Holman, who was at the time publisher of uh, Iron Man magazine. But for the most part, everything was geared towards people in public gyms. So I said, well, I know how it is to filter. I used to have a, um, a CSCS from the, um, I'm sorry, certified, I was a certified strength and conditioning specialist with the National Strength and Conditioning Association. Okay. I let that lapse, but I, so because of that background, I was able to filter, take something that's written with the idea of a public gym and tweak it, or even just write something myself to, mm -hmm. for training at home. And while I had no desire to coach people anymore, um, I still was able to kind of help you find like what's a good training program if you are a home gym owner. Mm -hmm. So those two things became part of what I felt needed to be put out there. And the best descriptor for someone who does that is basically a media person, because I'm telling you about a thing that exists. I'm not necessarily telling you if I think it's good or not, but I am telling you this thing exists. And then when we decided, hey, and then I was like, well, magazines were very influential for me and helpful when I was you know, that picture where I'm standing in the shed and it's gravel floor. Mm -hmm. I was getting a lot of my workout ideas. Like I could create a training program, but you still need to get ideas. And I was getting a lot of ideas from just my iron, my monthly Ironman subscription. And, um, but I, again, I would have to tweak it. So I said, well, magazines have been very influential in my life and we need a magazine for home gym owners. And everywhere I looked, there was nothing. I mean, there was something called the garage gym journal, but I'm just going to tell you that that was it. When I, I ordered it, it was embarrassing. It was quite literally a stapled Word document. Somebody had printed out a Word document, stapled it, and I was like, you're selling this to people with a clear conscience for $50. Wow. Like, Man, I'm like, this pay, this literally, it was like a term paper. For college. <laughs> I was like, what is this garbage, man? Um, so I said, we need to, I became determined to try to create a magazine for home gym owners. And I didn't want it to be written by people in public gyms. I said, I want it to be written by home gym owners. So we're talking from exper experience mm -hmm. and we're not just coming up with these random pipe dream ideas. And at the same time, it's for home gym owners. So someone who's in a public gym can read it and get benefit from it. 
but we're not writing it for the perspective. We're not writing it for somebody in a public gym and the home gym owner has to tweak it. I'm writing it for you in a home gym. And if you're in a public gym, you can also use the routines as well if you want. Yeah, that's very interesting. So kind of touching back on Mammoth a little bit, and I think you touched a little bit about how you met David Waters, but um, I think this was your second year doing Mammoth, right? So what first attracted you to, I guess it would be Mammoth 4? Well, he asked me if I'd live stream it. That's okay. what I simply That's was. It. But the thing is, the reason why I wanted to live stream it in general, so I told you our, we live streamed at the Arnold, so it was a grip competition for Arm Lifting USA, and then we live streamed the Central Georgia Strongest Man. And then after that, I approached Steve Goggins, uh, who's powerlifting legend, um, first man to squat 1,102 pounds. He actually beat the great Andy Bolton. He beat Andy Bolton in that meet. Um, but the point is, I approached him to live stream his powerlifting meets. And what I was thinking about was most people who had a home gym were doing it because there was an article by Greg Glassman, who was the founder of CrossFit. He wrote it in a CrossFit journal and he called it the garage gym. And then there was also an article by Jim Wendler, the creator of 531. He wrote it for, I think, T Nation. Is it the T Nation or EliteFTS.com? And he was talking about um, how you can basically accomplish your goals in a one car garage. Okay. How mm -hmm. you can have everything set up in a one car garage. So most of the people who approached home gyms and training came at it from the perspective of either being a CrossFitter or someone who's, even if they didn't compete in powerlifting, they were into the power lifts. Mm -hmm. All right. But I knew that there is a huge tradition of just training at home because for a long time, people didn't have access to gyms or whatever. And I know that physical culture encompasses more than just powerlifting and CrossFit. And so I wanted to make sure that when we did our live streaming, we live streamed all of the, as much as possible, all of the different sports that someone who trains in a home gym could be potentially competing in. Right. Because not only does it expose you to other things, so you might be like, hey, I'd like to try that. But it also, for people who already do that sport, it gives them a platform to kind of get, you know, let them be special for a day. Mm -hmm. Right. And yeah. That's another goal as well. So I wanted to have, it's important to me to have diversity across what we live stream. I'm not a powerlifting live stream channel. I'm not a strongman live stream channel. We are, I own a channel that live streams strength sports. So we are in effect, um, we are like ESPN, but for home gyms. Okay, cool. So one other question that I really wanted to ask you, and I've asked some of the athletes this question that competed at Mammoth, but more from the perspective of, you know, someone who's in the culture, you do work out, but weren't necessarily a competitor in that uh, competition. Why was the Mauser block overhead press such a problem for so many people from your bystander perspective? Well, from talking to the athletes who did it, um, the thing is that I noticed that most of the one, people who did it did not wear a grip shirt. So um, you could chalk your shirt, but when you get the Mauser block into position, you see a lot of people started doing it. They get in position and then you have to move your hands around. And while you're moving your hands, the block is sliding down your body. So I'm going to turn sideways. So you're like this, the block starts out, you get it up in position is night is here, right? Well, then you have to move your hands because you kind of picked it up. So now your wrists are kind of cocked. So it's not an optimal position to press from. 
from which to press. So you have to get your hands under the block. So you're, you know what I mean? So you're like this. So it's a straight line from here to your elbow. So everything's in line with each other because if it's not, if it's not a straight line from your elbow. So if you're like this, you know, or like this or whatever, you don't have, you're not in optimal pressing position, right? Mm -hmm. So to go from that to that, see what happens even with my hands right there? Yep. The block slides down your chest. So when the block and then to so to exacerbate the problem, the block slides down your chest. So you start out, you're here, the block slides down your chest, and when the block slides down your chest, because of how human beings are designed, the block slides down. It doesn't just go straight down, it slides down, it goes that way. So it's already like, you know, this thick. I don't know if mm -hmm. you can see both my hands, yeah. but yeah. So it's not only this probably like that, um, but now it's further away from you. So you went from this. So if you're able to press from this position, you're good to go. But what actually happened to a lot of people is the block slid down. So now they're trying to press up and they're in this position. So yeah, now they're actually doing a bicep curl, which is impossible with three. Well, let me not say it's impossible with 300 pounds. It's difficult, right? So you're going to try to do a bicep curl. So that means you got to lean back even further, which is now impacting your breathing. You know, just a whole host. So it's just one thing compound one problem compounds on another and yeah, you're trying to regain that center of gravity right and, and you gotta think about it like if it's one straight line and everything's here i mean just think about like an overhead press an overhead press versus a log cleaning press so mm -hmm. log cleaning press your hands are in front of you an overhead press as, as if, if you do it with good mechanics the barbell essentially goes up in a straight line okay right so there you go what's the shortest difference between Two points is a straight line. So by line. you want the bar to go in a straight line, whether even when you're deadlifting, you, the reason why they say pull the bar into you is not because you're trying to pull the bar into you is because you're trying to avoid the tendency for the bar to roll out away from you. So you're pulling in a straight line. So right. You, you're squatting. You want the bar to go in a straight line. It's on your back. And even though your butt's going back, your butt's going back as you go down. So that the barbell will go up and down in a straight line. And so when you're doing the Mauser block and the bar slides down your body, now it's not going in a straight line anymore. Now it's going like that and up. Yeah. Which is just not optimal. Yep. Uh, a vector, I guess we would call it. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's so, not bad for bench pressing, but it is bad for something like the Mauser block. For sure. That was an excellent breakdown. And by the way, I have to take this moment to uh, tell my audience, go over to Garage Gym Life Media's YouTube channel, John's YouTube channel, and check out his recent interview with Jamie Wilson, the Brownsville Brute, where you'll hear even more excellent breakdown about the Mauser Block footwork and such, uh, where you get really the whole picture of the many, many parameters that are involved in doing this lift directly. So I just wanted to give you a plug there because it really was a great interview. Thank you. Thank you. I really do appreciate it. Usually kind of the way I wrap these up and uh, what I want to do now is you, you touched upon a couple of events, exciting stuff you have coming up in the near future. Why don't you talk a little bit about, take a few minutes to promote, uh, you know, all the great things you have coming up and uh, how people can follow them and follow you and just kind of promote everything you have going on. Okay, cool. Uh, so I appreciate that. We also have the Central Georgia Strongest Man for 2021. That's coming up on March 27th, and that's gonna be a good time. Again, we were unfortunately not able to live stream the 2020 because it was canceled, but we're gonna, we're back with them. The, it's, the event is happening and we are going to live stream the um, Central Georgia Strongest Man, March 27th. That's gonna be a very good time. I actually asked Jamie Wilson if he's gonna compete there and he's considering it. So he, that's an opportunity to see him compete again. I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. 
Um, and then this is a very, very exciting opportunity for me. This will be the second time we're doing this. We're doing a virtual raw powerlifting open competition. Mm -hmm. And what that means is we're doing the competition on Zoom, but we're live streaming the event. Okay, so the last time we did it, I mean, remember these are novice powerlifters. These are not people who are really have a lot of experience on the platform. These are people who are just doing it for the first time. They wanna get the experience of competing see what it's like to have judges call out commands, see what it's like to have judges uh, judge your lift, uh, but you don't have to leave your house. I mean, well, technically you can do it wherever you want once you got a good internet connection and you can get Zoom there. But most of the people who competed, competed from their homes. So they competed in their garage, their basement, whatever. And we've got people signing up from the, the UK. We've already got at least one person signing up from the UK got people from Canada, got people obviously from the United States. And the beauty of it is unlike other online competitions, you're actually gonna find out who won the same day that the competition happens. So you're not sending in your video, then having them judge it and then tell you later on. Um, the downside is you don't get to film your lifts over the course of a week and then send them all in. But the upside is you compete in one day against people from all around the world and you find out that same day whether you won or not, and you're going to get cool prizes. We've got the makers of the Vice, uh, which is the absolute, in my opinion, best way to tighten up a, a single or double prong uh, buckle belt. Mm -hmm. that that's going to be up for offer. We've got the people from Bear Steel Equipment. They're going to be offering up a prize, and we've got some other sponsors that are giving out cool stuff. So um, basically, you compete, and if you win, you're going to get a cool piece of equipment, especially if you're home gym owner, like right now stuff is on back order a lot. You're going to get something for free just because you signed up to compete in this event. Um, and it's it's one of the things that it's historic because no other competitions are run this way. And so we're really, really excited about it. Like I said, this will be the second one ever in history. Powerlifting meet on Zoom. Um, and so you can actually sign up for that. I'll give you the link so that you can put the link in the description for this video. For sure. Yeah, I was just going to ask you, shoot me over the, the uh, links for all three of them. I'll be yeah, happy to put them in the descriptions. And uh, you know me, I'll use my big mouth to help promote uh, you. Man, I really do appreciate it. And I mean, I want to see you in that Central Georgia Strongest Man live stream. Um, it, in fact, if we could even come up with a way for you to be present, even with Zoom or something like that, uh, so you could do color commentary with me an analysis i mean that would be awesome yeah let's talk about that that would be awesome you work out something like because i think you it'll, it'll be a good time and it'll be a great way to actually in make this um not only get you know get your name out there even more because i want i think you're doing a great thing with your channel and i want you to appreciate that but also like i said it would improve the quality of our streams so um i, I think that's a good thing so that's it that's yeah i appreciate that is that uh men only or women as well which one uh, Central Georgia for competitors. No, no, it's it's uh, co-ed. Oh, good, good. Yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. Uh, men, women, masters. I got to see if there's uh, any of the women that I've recently made friends with after Mammoth. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, and that's what are really cool. So I don't know if people really even care about this, but so Strongman Corporation, the the um, they have a pro division, right? So you've got professional strongmen in in Strongman Corporation, they do go do World's Strongest Man, they do Giants Live, they do all these things, right? Mm -hmm. um, the United States Strongman is strictly amateurs. So they do have nationals, but it's strictly amateurs. Okay. And so that's one of the beauties of it. You get to see a lot of people who are just getting into the sport of Strongman. And so what I like about USS is you have a lot of people who are doing it for the first time, and they're actually helping the sport grow at the base. 
And then those people, after they get their foot dipped in the water, are like, oh, I love this. And then a lot of them will then maybe two, three competitions in, we'll go do a strongman corporation event. And that's how you end up having more people join the professional ranks. Right. Because even though strongman corporation has an amateur division as well, it's intimidating to think that you're competing in the same organization as Brian Shaw. Yeah. It you're is. not competing against him. You're an amateur. He's not. But it's still the idea that you're competing against Brian Shaw, Eddie Hall, whatever. This is the same. That's what people's minds are like. This is the same federate organization as those guys, Hafthor Bjornsson. This is, I don't know about that. Right. Well, United States Strongman is strictly amateurs. And that's one of the reasons why I love doing it, because these are the potentially the next generation of stars. Yeah, well, I mean, we talked about a lot of great stuff tonight. This has been an awesome conversation, John. I'm so happy you were able to come on. Anything else you wanted to uh, mention before we wrap it up? Just uh, we're also um, revamping our, our blog. We're starting to pump out content there. So every Wednesday you're going to get not only um, – an article that's going to help you with your training, but also you're going to get stuff. Uh, we're trying to put out things, just letting people know what the, you know, what's in stock. Cause I know people are still trying to get equipment. So what's right. in stock that we know about that's out there. Um, we get also like what some cool product that's kind of caught our eye. Like, Oh yeah, look at this thing. This is kind of cool. So like um, stuff like that. Um, uh, so that's every Wednesday you want to check out garage and and we're going to create a, a way for you to subscribe free, subscribe for free. And you'll get a notification. You'll get like a little newsletter and it'll say, Hey, like this is what is coming, you know, what we have uh, for you on the blog, but all in all, just, you know, subscribe to uh, our YouTube channel. The reason for that, honestly, is it just helps us live stream more. And the reason why in a nutshell is because when I approach an advertiser to help cover the cost, to like help me cover the cost of paying my people to go do a live stream, um, the first thing they look at is how many subscribers I have on YouTube because they want to know if they should take me seriously or if I'm just some dude, you know, with a cell phone trying to live stream stuff with my phone. And the more subscribers I have, the more legitimacy it gives me in the eyes of an advertiser, right? Um, Absolutely. And so that just helps a lot. And honestly, I think that the content that we have on there, as I said, it's like ESPN for home gyms. And I think that if you go in our, our channel, I think it really is worth your while because we're tailoring content to you in a way that's never been done for home gym owners before. All right. That's uh that's a great message. One that I'm happy to keep spreading uh, on your behalf. And uh, again, it was awesome to have you on maybe uh, after some of these events, we catch up again sometime and uh, definitely hit me up for that collab on central Georgia. Yes, indeed. We definitely will do it. I'll give you a shout uh, in a couple of weeks and actually, I'll, yeah, I'll give you a shot in a couple of weeks and we can hash out something. All right. Well, thanks again, man. Uh, have a great evening and we'll talk again soon. Ciao, homie. Ciao, homie. <laughs> Remember to follow me on Spotify or Anchor so you can get notifications of all of the great interviews and analysis of competition prep that I bring to you at least four times weekly on this podcast. Share these episodes across all of your social media. And of course, follow me on Instagram at MyBlockStrongest and on Twitter and on my flagship YouTube channel, MyBlockStrongestMan, where you can get full video versions of everything you hear on this podcast. If you'd like to support the podcast, click that support button and support us in any way you can. It's greatly appreciated and helps us keep bringing you this high quality content. Ciao, homie.